0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Northport Church of Christ YouTube channel. We are thankful for everyone that's been viewing the videos recently that we've put up. Um, it hasn't been that many because we've been on Facebook Live. And so we want to encourage everyone who um, isn't on the Google Meet, uh, we do have another option to meet uh, on Facebook Live. So uh, how is everybody doing in the snowstorm? Have we been able to dig ourselves out yet? Um, maybe you're watching this after church and said, all right, now it's time to get out there and remove the snow so I can get back to my regularly regularly scheduled program. Um, I know April and I were going to um, try to remove some of the snow uh, out in front of our house later today and, um, maybe help a neighbor if we see a neighbor out that's in need. And I encourage you to do the same thing. That's an opportunity, right? So we are in a sermon series um, that is dealing with being real. and talking about being uh, having real relationships. And last week we talked about being real with God. And yes, he knows everything. He knows what we're going to say before we say it. He knows what we think. He knows our actions. He knows all of that. And so how can we be real with someone that already knows everything about us? Well, part of that uh, sermon that I didn't talk about a certain topic was being real with ourselves, and that plays a part into being real with God. And so today I'd like to talk about that. Um, how can we be real with ourselves? It's very easy to deceive ourselves. <clears throat> we know that the scriptures tell us that the heart can be deceitful above all else, and so what do we follow? Uh, some people say, well, follow your heart. Well, that's not always a safe thing to do if it's not in tune with the scriptures, right? If it's not in tune with God, if I don't have a real relationship with God, maybe my heart is deceiving me into something that could be sinful and wrong and not really God's plan for my life. I'd like to start in Matthew 23. Jesus gives us a description of the, the Pharisees and some of the things that they did. Um, He calls them whitewashed tombs and and tells them to clean out the inside of the cup so that the outside would be clean and and things like that. So we're going to take a look at some of those descriptions in Matthew 23. And then we're also going to look at Matthew 7, along with James. So Matthew 23, if you're following along in in your Bible, and I'm just going to start in verse 16. He says, woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple, that is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obligated, excuse me, is obligated. You fools and blind men, which is more important, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, that is nothing. But whoever swears by the offering on it, he is obligated. You blind men, which is more important, the offering or the altar that sanctifies the offering? Therefore, whoever swears by the altar swears both by the altar and by everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears both by the temple and by him who dwells within. And whoever swears by heaven swears both by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. That's very scary words by Jesus. And these people were making vows and uh, basically pretending like it meant nothing. And they were finding these loopholes, right? And Jesus says, no, you can't have one or the other. It's both. You swear by what's on the altar. You're swearing by the altar. You're swearing by what uh, the temple. You're swearing by what's in the temple or who's in the temple, which is God. And so don't take lightly the words that you say and the vows that you take. And today, I think it's common to see folks that don't really keep their word. Now, I generally speaking, uh, you may find that true. Um, As Christians, though, if we're going to be real with God and real with ourselves, we need to keep our word. And Jesus tells us that let a yes be yes and a no be no. In verse 25, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish, so that the outside of it may be clean also." verse 27, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. These Pharisees, they, they had it all wrong. You see, our heart, what's inside of us, it does matter. Right? And we know that. We've been taught that for years if we've been in the church long enough. It's in the inside that matters. But even still, we can deceive ourselves. See, we will know ourselves as we know others by our fruit. Now, you say, well, that kind of contradicts what Jesus said here. No. Because Jesus said, clean the inside. And the outside will be clean. And there's some people, they look clean on the in- outside. But inside, they're dead. They have no righteousness in them. And so we have to not be hypocritical, not live a lawless life, um, not appear to be righteous. We want to be righteous. We want to be righteous inside and out. And the way that we're made righteous is is conforming to the image of Christ. Right? We want to be like him. We want to look like him. And that's difficult sometimes. I know it's difficult for me. I can get caught up in some some old habits, some of my old ways, and uh, I have to tell myself, "No, I have to remember who I am. I'm a Christian now. I've been bought by the blood of
1: Christ. I'm no longer my own." Right, and that can be difficult. Woe to you, scribes
0: and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous. And say, if we had been living in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partners with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the guilt of your fathers, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How will you escape the sentence of hell? Jesus is being really hard on these people. He's confronting them with who they really are brothers and sisters, the scriptures confront us with who we really are. And when we come face to face with that truth, what do we do? Do we humbly accept it and move forward towards Christ likeness, towards righteousness, towards God, towards heaven? Or do we reject it? Do we struggle with it and have a hard time accepting it? Because after all, I'm a good person. The scriptures tell us otherwise. The scriptures tell us in Romans 3 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there's the other side of that, too. There is no longer now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so as Christians, we humbly accept what the word tells us we are, the good and the bad. And if we're led by the scriptures and we allow
1: the scriptures and the Holy Spirit to change our hearts, to change our minds, we'll be in a good spot. We'll be in a great spot. Matthew 7,
0: Jesus is also speaking here and and talking about deceiving ourselves. We want to be real with ourselves too. And Jesus says this in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven But he who does the will of my father, who is in heaven, will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? See, these people had all the outward signs. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And see, brothers and sisters, there's this self-deception going on with these people because they think that because they're doing some righteous deeds that they're right with God. That's not necessarily the case. Because I can still over here I can still be practicing lawlessness and a sinful life and over here still be doing things that would be pleasing to God. I can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. I cannot
1: practice sinful behavior and be living righteously. Jesus says, depart from me, those of you who practice lawlessness.
0: They were still living a sinful life. Brothers and sisters, if we're going to be real with ourselves, we need to take self-inventory sometimes and and look at our lives. And, And maybe this snowstorm allowed for that yesterday. We... Some of us weren't able to go outside. We weren't planning on going outside. And so we had that time. Did we take that time and do some self-reflecting maybe? Am I really being real with God? Am I being real with myself and with others of where I am spiritually? That's a question all of us, I need to ask. And so there's some uh, who will say, Lord, Lord. They'll call Jesus Lord, but then practice sin. I'm not talking about an occasional lapse or you're you're warring with this thing you've got in your life that's sinful and you really are trying to overcome it. I'm not talking about that. I think Jesus is talking about someone who is outright sinning and practicing sin
1: and calling themselves a Christian. What do you think? Look at it. You think that's what he's saying? Now turn with me to James. James chapter
0: one we'll start in verse nineteen. Excuse me. This you know, my beloved brethren. But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. Receive the word implanted. But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. This person is forgetting who they are. And it's just as I was saying earlier, if we allow the word of God to transform us and change us into the image of Christ, then we aren't deceiving ourselves. We we are being given the truth from God and we are accepting it in humility and we are allowing it to transform us from the inside out. But those of us who go stand in front of the mirror, we see our reflection and then we walk away and forget what type of person we are.
1: We are deceiving ourselves. Deep down inside though, deep, deep down in the crevices of who we are, I,
0: I think all of us know to some degree if we haven't
1: suppressed and hardened our hearts we know if we're right with God and it's based off of what
0: we see in scripture, it's not based off of an imaginary wishful thought that they have that Yeah, I'm right. You know, I can do whatever I want. I can think however I want. I can treat how people however I desire. And I'm right with God. I just mentally, I I know. No, it's based off of truth. And you and I looking deep down into our hearts and our motives and looking at the fruit and looking
1: at our actions and comparing it to the scriptures. The book of Revelation, there's two books.
0: There's the book of life, and then there's another book, or there's books that are opened. And I believe that one of those books, the scriptures, and that our lives are going to be measured by the word. And as I like to say to people I'm studying with, you know, if you can have the answers to the test, would you want them? And as Christians, we we have a lot of the answers <laughs> to the test, don't we? And so we don't have to rely on our own selves, our own thinking. That's what Proverbs three five is all about. Right? Trust in the Lord in all your ways and acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not lean on your own understanding. Right? And so we don't have to do that. We don't have to trust um, our finite minds. Now, I'm not saying we don't think, we're thinkers as Christians, but I think you know what I mean. And as we view this here, he says, prove yourselves doers of the word in James 1 22, not just hearers who delude themselves.
1: They've deceived themselves into thinking that their hearing equates to doing. Mm-hmm. No. Matthew 21. There's this is parable of two sons that Jesus gives
0: his disciples. Um, let's just read it here. Here's what he says in Matthew twenty one twenty eight. Uh, but what do you think? The man had two sons and he became, and he came to the first son and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. The man came to the second and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? Those who were listening to Jesus said they said the first. Jesus is trying to convince those who were hearing him that they needed to repent. They needed to feel sorrowful over the fact that they're seeing all these People who aren't Jewish, these sinners coming to Jesus and and they're still not recognizing Jesus for who he is. And he's trying to convince them. He's saying, Look, what about this these two sons? Who did the will of the Father? Well, the one who actually went and did it, even though he said he wasn't. And so, brothers and sisters, we can talk a good game, but unless we're playing the game, we're deceiving ourselves. I can call myself a Christian till the cows come, until all this m- snow melts. <laughs> but if I'm not living the life according to the pattern,
1: I can say whatever I want it doesn't mean anything. If we're going to be real with God,
0: we have to be real with ourselves. We have to recognize what God tells us we are: sinners saved by the grace of God. And praise the Lord that he has supplied abundant grace for us. Amen. We also have to recognize the other side of what he says we are. There is no longer now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But that doesn't mean we can live however we want. There's freedom there, brothers and sisters, and let's embrace that. But we don't want to be like the Pharisees in Matthew 23. They were whitewashed tombs. This fresh coat of paint behind me, my, my wife and I are painting the walls in this bedroom. There's a fresh coat, two coats of paint on the wall behind me. I didn't make sure every spot and everything, every crack and every um, flaw was fixed before I painted it. But if you were to look at this wall, if you can see it, there's not many flaws there, right? That's what whitewashing can do. But that doesn't mean you're clean. The Pharisees weren't clean. They had the outward appearance of being righteous, but inwardly they were dead men. And brothers and sisters, I want to just to simply encourage us with the
1: last couple of minutes of this this time. Do a self-inventory. Am I a whitewashed tomb? Or do I have the spirit of the living God? inside of me,
0: and he is transforming me into the image of his son. Take a self-inventory. Be mindful of what Jesus says in Matthew 7, of those who come to him saying, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons and perform miracles in your name? And Jesus says, I never knew you, those of you who practice lawlessness. Are you practicing sin right now? Excuse me. Is there sin in your life right now that you are refusing to recognize and refusing to stop and repent of? I want to encourage you to repent. You can call me, talk to me, talk to one of the elders, talk to somebody you trust in the church and rid yourself of it. Start that struggle against sin in your life, brother, sister.
1: It's not okay to allow it to remain Jesus gives us a parable of the
0: two sons in Matthew 21. One said, no, I will not go, but then he felt sorry and regretted it, and he went and did what his father said. And then there were the other son who said, yes, I will, and he didn't go. Which one was deceiving himself? The one who said he would go and didn't. Some have said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's not a biblical phrase, but I, I get the meaning of it. And I can say and have all the good intentions in the world that I want, but if I don't follow through, then they 're just good intentions. And friends, Christians, brothers and sisters in North, Pearl, let us be people who are not deceived we are real with ourselves. We're real with God and we're real with each other. And as we go further into this sermon series, um, uh, brother Brent Vaughn and myself, we'll be closing out the series, talking about different aspects of being real with one another. We want to be genuine, don't we? We want to be genuine with God, with ourselves, with each other. Don't deceive yourself. Don't be like a whitewashed tomb or this wall behind me that looks clean but still has some flaws. We want to be clean on the inside and the outside. And yes, we still have flaws. And allow the potter's hand to continue to mold us. Right? Don't deceive yourself. Look in that mirror. Look in the mirror of the word of God and allow that sword of the spirit to change you and change me. God bless you. Uh, Thank you for uh, being attentive and I pray that your afternoon goes well uh, and Lord willing, we can see each other this coming Wednesday and this coming Sunday and we can be back in fellowship again with each other. Pray that your families are well and safe
1: and warm.